Welcome to the Mostly Star Wars podcast. Today we're going to be talking about all things episode three of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Super excited to talk about this episode. Um, I think we all collectively had our minds blown, so we're all super excited <laughs> to, to talk about everything that we feasted our eyes on in this episode. But as always, I'm joined by my other two co-hosts. We have mostly Darth, Tyler. Hello there. And then we have <clears throat> crazy Quinton. Quinton. Hello. <laughs> and myself, mostly Martinez, Josiah. So I think jumping right into it, um, how did we all feel within like the first three minutes of this episode? <laughs> this this episode was heavy. And yeah, there's just a lot going on with the, the realization of Vader being alive and him seeing flashbacks. He's still mm -hmm. trying to call to Qui-Gon. And it was, yeah, it just started off heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, all those those flashbacks of the, the prequel the prequel uh, voices and, and just give you the chills of those those epic moments that were so emotional to him in his life. Yeah, definitely. I think another thing that everybody was super excited to see um, once again in live action, but maybe a, a little bit longer <clears throat> in the inside and everything is we got to see Vader's castle. So that was that's always awesome to see. You know, we had a little bit in Rogue One, but yeah, this was just so cool to see it again. I love mm -hmm. the uh, symmetry uh, between him having those images and those flashbacks to the prequels, the stuff that happened in the prequels. And he has those those flashbacks at the same time while Vader's being rebuilt. He's being put yeah. into the scene. And it's it, you know that something's something's coming this this episode. We're gonna get something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, was really cool how they did that. I liked, especially when we start talking about that very beginning, when he's trying to use the force and call out to Qui-Gon, you get this moment where Leia asks about how the force feels. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he asks, well, have you ever been scared of the dark? And you ha how do you feel once you turn the light on? Well, you feel safe. <clears throat> yeah. He's saying that's what the force feels like. I get from these last couple episodes and even this one, Obi-Wan doesn't feel very safe. He's been living in the dark. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was one of the, but it just just like Leia in being intrigued of what the Force feels like was was just awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up about how he described it, what the Force feels like to we seeing him in these first three episodes, not really being connected to the Force like he had been since he was a Padawan. So for mm -hmm. the first time, he felt like he was afraid in the dark. He didn't feel safe. 
he, you know, he, he didn't, it didn't feel warm, you know, or friendly. Um, so I think that kind of that same, I guess, mindset that he has about the force carries on towards the end of the episode that we're going to get to later, but then you can kind of see how his actions made sense based on his connection to the force at that time. Yeah, he, he's definitely, he's almost haunted and his connection is only somewhat there at this point. Yeah. And you can really see that. And I really liked how this episode started off with, it really did a good job of showing that Obi-Wan has been just sitting in his cave on Tatooine. Looking at Luke once in a while, making sure he's okay. But that's all he's been doing. He doesn't even know what's going on in the world anymore. Yeah. Well, he also is shopping and buying toys for him, but. (laughs) (laughs) From the little Jawas. Yeah. And he has, he has no, no trust for anyone. Mm -hmm. Just completely. There's no way anyone out there is there to help him. And I kind of feel like. Leia is showing the exact opposite of that. She is a little too trustworthy. She she still trusts anybody who comes across their path. Oh, hey, this person looks nice. You know, they'll help us, which Mm -hmm. could lead to danger later on. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing is we get like a a kind of glimpse at, at Vader early on too when, you know, he... He's his famous self. And, you know, you guys brought it up um, earlier too, but about fail Vader and you will not live to regret it or live. Yeah. So I think that in itself too Mm -hmm. kind of is, is a good setup to all this. Cause you know, we have the Vader that we saw in the original trilogy. Right. And, you know, there is a, there is a certain power to him. There's a certain um, fear of him to some extent, but there's also on the other side, you have, you know, regular human Imperial officers that are standing up to him, right? <laughs> In the original trilogy. And so I think there's kind of like a little bit of a, a back and forth there. Like, is this like the most evil villain of all time? If so, then how is like just a random officer going to try to stand up to him, right? And then I think we we get a little bit more in Rogue One where you kind of feel like, okay, yeah, this is a bad guy and everybody knows it. And I feel like this was like a good kind of start to the episode too. We have, you know, uh, highly skilled, you know, inquisitors, assassins who are afraid for their life to disappoint or disobey Vader. So I think that kind of sets the theme of this that once again, once we get to talking about the end, you're like, okay, I can see why they're afraid of him. <laughs> In the Empire, you either get promoted or you get dead. <laughs> yeah. If you fail, <laughs> you won't fail yeah. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you get promoted because somebody got dead. Yeah, that too. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he warns disappointed Vader. I get a promotion. He yeah, warns Reba next week when I disappoint him. Uh, <laughs> he, he warns her, you know, you want that Grand Inquisitor spot, uh, but if you fail me, you ain't gonna ever live to get it. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so yeah. menacing the way he says it and uh it, it was that was a chilling moment mm-hmm. but yeah. i like how you brought out the by no one uh obi-wan doesn't really trust anyone because he's he basically chastises leia not everyone is good leia yeah and at the same time leia's like not everyone is bad obi mm-hmm. you kind of have to get out of your your little cave there and and kind of stop sulking a little bit i, I kind of feel like... like oh go ahead q i was gonna say oh, obi feels like not it's not that not it's that not anyone is good not that there's not that every, most everyone's bad, but that everyone is is out to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't trust anyone. No. Yeah, no, I yeah, exactly. And but at the same time, and then that's that's why it was kind of special when uh, was it Talia, and she comes Tala. and rescues him, Tala. Mm-hmm. And she rescues him, and she's an Imperial officer, and he's like, he says, well, yeah, I left because, honestly, I didn't think anyone was coming. Yeah. He didn't believe that anyone was going to come and help them, and so he just left. And she flat out says, you're not alone, Obi-Wan. There are people out here that are not, or, or for you. She even says, at one point, I can't imagine Obi-Wan Kenobi doing anything bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he yeah, and then he like he emphasizes what he has become because he goes it's most it's Ben these days saying no I I'm Ben mm-hmm. now and <clears throat> what you might think of me is not necessarily who I am anymore. I'm much more broken. Mhm. Uh you you we're skipping ahead a little here. Let's talk about the uh a little shuttle ride with, with our new character, Freck. Yeah. <laughs> One, uh, that was awesome. He, I liked, I liked, mm-hmm. he was a little goofy, and uh, it yeah, being Zach it, Braff was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he and looks like he, a, like a mole, right? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> kind of. But then he, you know, they, they introduce themselves, and the first thing he says is, well, that's a weird story. Yeah. But like, right off the bat, he's a little <laughs> suspicious of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I kind of like his character. He's just kind of like a a happy-go-lucky, you know, kind of just goes with the flow, per se, you know. N- no mm-hmm. resistance, you know, in, in really either way. You know, obviously there wasn't much resistance when it came to the Empire taking over. And then, you know, basically now he has a Jedi who's, who's uh, you know, smuggling a child in kind of the same way, just... You know, just goes with the flow. and He was basically, I think, the example of the Empire propaganda working perfectly. Yeah. He thinks the Empire is good. Even even Leia said, I thought the Empire was supposed to be helping people. I thought it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. And and Obi-Wan mentions that, well, you know, there are some people like your dad trying. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's trying to tell her the empire. No, the empire's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but even. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Josiah. 
Oh, I was just going to read what Seth said. <laughs> he said, Zach Braff, mole boy, got what was coming to him. <laughs> oh, man, I don't think he was. I don't think he was a bad character. You know, he didn't. It's not that he had a love for this unjust empire, but he he's like a kind of guy who likes a little order. You know, the empire is is has given him protections. Hasn't done, hasn't done anything wrong to him, which is kind of strange in a way, since he's an alien and the empire doesn't treat aliens that well. But the stormtroopers that he dealt with seemed friendly. You know, they weren't bad people. They were just there doing their job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, even even to be the point of being scared of the Jedi. You know, I, I'm glad that Obi did, Obi Wan didn't didn't kill him. At least it didn't seem like he did. Just kind of knocked him out. Yeah, he just popped he him just, in the back of the head. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't know. If you had some strange people in your rig, and the authorities were like, you know, one of these guys, you might go, oh, I, I know, I just picked it up. Maybe you want to talk to them a bit. You know, it's not like he really <laughs> did anything wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, Brandon says he has I, no I, idea I going on. New idea know, what was going on. Well, I do feel like, in a way, uh, to go with what Brendan was just saying, I feel like, kind of in a way, just because of the type of character he was, the person he was, I feel like he was friendly to everybody, but he was suspicious. Mm-hmm. And so he he understood there was like something going on. So I feel like, in a way, he knew too much. If he was oblivious, <laughs> maybe he could have like got away with it. But because he knew there was a little something off with them, then he had to get uh, go ahead and snitch on them, and mm-hmm. we all know what happens to snitches. So <laughs> he knew he knew just enough to actually get himself in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, he but, was. I liked his character, though. I mean, because well, you right after you meet him, or right before that, Obi Wan's talking about how this. Uh, uh, I had it. What was the, the name of the planet? Mazupo. Mazupo. I really. Uh, I wrote. I wrote it down in my notes. Where was it? Yeah, I'm spacing on how you say it's like Mapuzo. Mapuzo. That's yeah. where it was. Yeah. And but he was saying how it was all fa- farms and families and and the empire came and everything's gone and it's all just a open plains area and there's nothing nothing around. Yeah. And that, but then. You've got this guy over here who's, oh, uh, tall. Those are good people. They obey the empire. <laughs> He's like nothing mm-hmm. wrong with a little order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like you know, kind of going, you know, to the previous statement about him kind of going with the flow. You know, that's that's not a bad thing. You know, and I feel like you know, it's just like. You know, anywhere else that you live on Earth, there's going to be like governmental authorities. There's going to be, you know, someone that's in power that's going to attempt to, you know, have law and order. And so I feel like his character is like, it doesn't really matter who's in charge, you know, as long as it's not really affecting his livelihood too much, he's going to go along with it. And it kind of, um, they made it a point, you know, to show the, when they're getting into the back of um, his vehicle, it had like he had put on like mm-hmm. a little empire plaque. And I don't know if you guys felt this way. I feel like he made that, you know, like that wasn't like empire or made by someone. Like, yeah, it was not. It was like handmade. It, it was like hand painted. Yeah. yeah, I could yeah. see that. And so I was like, I don't know if maybe he was just like, 
oh, okay, these are, you know, the the people in charge now. I'm just going to kind of go along with that and, you know, kind of support, support the people in charge. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> yep. Uh, snitches, that's what they get. <laughs> <laughs> another, another part during, during that ride when the stormtroopers are on there and uh, Obi-Wan accidentally calls Luma, Leia, Mm-hmm. And the stormtroopers question it and talks about how that was her mother's name. And and Obi-Wan says, you know, when he looks at when he looks at Leia, he he sees her mother and he misses her. And you can you could tell in, in that moment that he was being completely truthful in, in those words mm-hmm. he was saying. She reminds him of her mother and he misses her. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that that moment where they have the kind of talk of how he comforts her by saying, Hey, you know, I'm an orphan too, kind of. Yeah. And, and has mm-hmm. that. And Obi-Wan has a brother. Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> cool. I, I like that kind of deep dive. Cause it kind of, um, it, it gave me like, um, made me like start thinking about the Dooku book once again, because that really kind of drives home the point that, you know, kind of like Anakin, you know, these young Padawans, when they get taken, they have a family. They, you know, they have, you know, mothers and fathers usually. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes they have siblings. And if they were taken at an age where they can, you know, kind of have brief glimpses, you know, that is something that's going to stay with you for life. You know, like the memories of those, you know, the siblings are, your your parents or maybe you had a good friend you know right you know even at a very young age so i thought that was that was actually a really good point that that they they kind of drew onto that you know like i guess drawing you a little closer to the character and you know kind of everything that he went through because when we see him he never obviously mentions it in the prequels you know he's he's on his mission he's doing his job but like now you know, and whether it's because of the state he's in or whether it's because he's with Leia and has like an epiphany and kind of is, is relating and opening up to the situation. But either way, I feel like that really humanized <clears throat> his character even more so. Yeah, and I feel like those those moments, because yeah, Obi-Wan kept saying how much she reminded him of Padme, but then Leia goes to ask questions about her father, right? And asked if Obi Wan is her father, and and now he's got to be thinking about Anakin during this time, right? You know, this this wonderful young girl is is Anakin's daughter, mm-hmm. and he needs to protect her from that. Yeah that that mm-hmm. was that was it. Kind of it pulls at your heartstrings because he he says he says I wish I was your father. Yeah. And that was huge. And you kind of in a way you are, but and and no one no one knows your parents better than he does. No mm-hmm. one knows Anakin or Padme better than Obi-Wan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and just all the moments where <laughs> And uh, I think Seth brought it out, like how Obi Wan told 
Leia to, you know, let him do the talking, and he's the one that messed up. And <laughs> I was rewatching it, and I was I focused on Leia's character after he does it, and she's still like like uh mm, uh mm, what okay what what do I do now? <laughs> she's yeah. trying to like keep moving on, but it, it's kind of funny. And then when he says mm-hmm. it, he's like, oh, and but that story of yeah just. Oh well, she just reminds me of, of her mother, every time I look at her, and it's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. so sad, and you just, yeah. <clears throat> oh, how yeah, about me... a, a round of applause for that actress? How good she's portraying young Leia. Oh, yeah. I think I think she's just done fantastic. Yeah, for sure. She's she's like spot on. I feel like it's totally her. You know, I think mm-hmm. when you first when you first kind of get like the glints of her, you know, you're you're kind of like wrapping your mind around it. But now, like only three episodes deep, like it is her. Like I don't even think of it as anybody else or an actress or anything. I'm totally like hundred percent that is like little Leia. And so yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I love it. I totally that agree with me. that. Now that part where uh, Obi Wan asks how old she is, and she says she's ten, and he goes, "You don't act ten. Well, if you think about it, in episode four, A New Hope, when we first meet Leia, she's 18, 19 years old, a very key player in the rebellion going mm-hmm. on all this. She's a very mature individual at that point. So it makes total sense that that little little 10-year-old Leia is adventurous. She's smart. She's always trying to learn new things and and. She thinks everybody's there to to help people, and she wants to be there to help other people as well. Mm-hmm. And and she's caring. She's caring about the uh, little droids. You know, she's she's showing kindness to the droids. She's, you know, showing all these manners. Just so well educated, <clears throat> and I and I kind of I like that scene in. Uh, I think it was the first was the first it was the first episode where Bell Organa says, "No, you are an Organa. You're everything that is an Organa, and it's it, it's true. She really is. Mm-hmm. She's both. Yeah, because because when she is everything that I think uh, Quentin brought this part out uh, last time, but she loves droids like Anakin. She's very smart and caring and stubborn like Padme." But she's also mm-hmm. showing a lot of the things that uh, Bell Organa is, mm-hmm. and so you can you can really see that. Yeah, well, it's interesting in in Star Wars. She she's basically the daughter of two planets, Alderaan and Naboo, and both of those planets are known for helping others. Yeah, and it's. So she's got a lot of that in in her the teachings that she's learning about is 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 to be there to help others in need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it couldn't have been a better place for her to grow up in these circumstances because once again we kind of talked about this before too, but drawing connections between Naboo, you know, and Alderaan, there there's so many connections, and so it's really cool that she's kind of getting to grow up the way that her mother did. And so it kind of makes sense that, you know, she's going to have, you know, kind of similar motives and like thinkings and viewpoints because she grew up 
in a, in a similar, in a similar environment because, you know, her adoptive parents are also very caring, you know, and they're going to do what's right. Even, you know, if it's going against everybody else, so they're going to fight for injustice and, and things like that. So I, I thought that was a really good and kind of jumping into what Seth was talking about again. He said, think about that statement though. There's so much there. He wishes he was her father. He wishes she had a father. He wishes that he or that she had Anakin and Padme. And he wishes that he could have had children with Satine. And I I think that is an awesome statement because I feel like though he was saying, yeah, I wish that was your father. I feel like he more has feelings that, you know, in another in another twist, if Anakin, you know, would have, you know, went against Palpatine, made the right choice at that moment. And, you know, Luke and Leia were born, most likely Obi-Wan would be their protector, whether it was helping like mm -hmm. hide the children or he would be like, he would be like the godfather. If anything were to happen to them, you know, he would take care of them. Um, you know, he, he would probably grow up like an uncle figure, you know, to them. So I think, yeah, you know, playing along with that, I think it was really difficult for it is really difficult for him to not tell the story because it's she's not just some random girl. You know, he you know, the dad, her father, adopted father isn't just, you know, some guy that, you know, they knew from the past in the war. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. he knows so much that he can't say. And so I, mm -hmm. I feel like all these little moments that he's giving a little bit. It's just, yeah, like gut-wrenching because you know he wants to say everything and, you know, that he loves her, you know, because he really does. That's, you know, two of his best friends in the world's child, you know. So I think, yeah, that that definitely was pretty deep of a conversation, even though it was like real brief, you know. Is I wanted to, to bring up this idea that Tyler mentioned earlier that Obi-Wan knew Anakin and Padme better than anyone else. But I don't necessarily know if that's completely true. I know obviously he knew Anakin better than anyone else, and he probably knew them as a couple better than anyone else. But uh, Padme worked alongside Bail Organa in almost everything she did in the Senate. You know, they they agreed on almost every single uh, topic, right? That they were they were working together closely. Bail Organa was a mentor to Padme when she became a senator. So. Mm -hmm. So obviously he had this close relationship with her as well. So it's not just, you know, an important child that somebody needed to take, right? He had this relationship with, with their mother and he knew how she acted, who she was and what she stood for. Mm -hmm. did, yeah, that's true. Did anyone else, I was watching that and right when they get to the checkpoint, I'm like, no, there's like two more sentences. Come on. Two more sentences <laughs> need to be said. Of like just that little extra and like a stinking empire ruining every good moment. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like <laughs> there's just like a, two more sentences that he needed to say to her. And he just got interrupted. Yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. And that kind of brings us to that, that checkpoint part where where Freck's like, hey, you might want to check these guys out. 
Mm-hmm. And poor old Freck there, you know, <laughs> sticking his mole face yeah. in where it don't belong. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, so another interesting thing, before we get out of the vehicle here, <laughs> there's one last thing. Um, what did you guys think about, I feel like they were, the way it was written and, you know, the way the actors played, they were making it a point to show these are not clones. Like all yeah, because the they had the different back, voices. They had different voices. They acted different. Some were like kind of like more, you know, sit up straight. There's another that was kind of, seemed like he was more slouchy. And, you know, their conversations, like I felt they did a really great job of not coming out and saying it. But we had, you know, the clone that was begging mm-hmm. for money. And then now we have these other ones that are clearly different people. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. anyone else, when you hear them talk, think trying to figure out who's cameoing that? Oh, <laughs> I just, that I is don't, true. Because especially like, in Disney stuff, a lot of uh, clone troop or a lot of stormtroopers in one way or the in- another are uh, cameos of people. And so I'm like trying yeah. to listen to their voices to see like, is that someone I like, wh- who, who is that? <laughs> yeah. I think with it, we have to bring up what Brendan just said. He said, I think I heard a female voice too. Now I really want to find out who they are because if they're all male, then Brendan just called one of them a girl. So. <laughs> no, I, I think I know what he's talking about. Cause I, I think it's the, the scene after the checkpoint when the, the, vehicle rolls up and there's and the more stormtroopers come out it's that scene right there it sounds like there's possibly one of them is female. like from the from the tower you mean no no from the the vehicle that the imperial officer is in and the stormtroopers come out the front of that and tell him to you know get on the ground and and to put his weapon down yeah i could totally yeah oh man i have to watch that again now i i also heard like there wasn't them doing the Wilhelm scream, but it was almost like someone was imitating it. When when yeah, uh, there was the one up top, to do it. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was a good Easter egg. I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love once again in Star Wars when you need a gate or door opened, and the controls aren't working, you just shoot them, and whatever you need to happen will happen. Yes, blasted <laughs> it, and the fence went down. Mm-hmm. You got to run, and you got to start moving again. <laughs> yeah did you guys see the meme of it's like the the one guy that always like you know, shows people that are like struggling with something and then like how to do it the easy way it was kind of funny that they they couldn't have just made the fence longer you know put the fence farther than we can see on screen but they literally mm-hmm. had it just right there like there's no way that this you know hovering vehicle couldn't have went around that game well i mean because there's a hill there so i thought i thought like okay they're not necessarily gonna take the speeder they could have just like walked around it yeah but oh, yeah but i'm like they easily yeah. walked around but then I, I justify see this is what i do i just i kind of do these things where i i try to just try to justify things in my mind when i'm watching it and i'm like well this is mostly a vehicle checkpoint so it's here to stop a vehicle it's not necessarily to stop someone from walking around it or it's it's someone's hauling some goods that he shouldn't, you know. That's that's more what it's for. Yeah. That, that that's that's the way I justified it in my mind anyway. Okay. Yeah, I can go with that. <laughs> that's a this is why I like Star Wars better than maybe some other uh, you know, 
star named <laughs> franchises. Yeah. <laughs> because one thing you can do with Star Wars is because it leans more on the fantasy side. You can be like, oh, I can be explained with Star Wars logic. And so you, yeah. you, you don't necessarily... Uh, you're not taken out of the story, I think, I feel like, as much. If you're like, no, nah, that's not realistic. You'd be like, oh, I'm sure they can explain it with the Force or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like uh, Seth over here. He's helping us out. He said, it's a wide-open field. You'd get spotted so easily from the troopers keeping watch on the towers. So there you go. Mm -hmm. if you got these towers. If someone's avoiding the checkpoint on purpose, they would know that something's up. So yep. that's where it is. You got to go directly through those checkpoints or you'd get caught. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> And uh, so then then Tala shows up and he's he gets down on his hands and knees and buries his head, basically. And then she does the whole General Hux thing and shoots uh -huh. them all in the back. <laughs> yeah. Were you so were you guys expecting that? No, no, I was not. I was expecting an I almost was expecting an Easter egg because mm -hmm. I thought we were going to see like Sloan and b before she was Ooh. anything. That <laughs> That's kind awesome. of what I thought was going to happen, like when she was just an Imperial officer on a backwater planet. <laughs> uh -huh. Ooh, that would have been cool. <laughs> but, so that so... was my first thought. But other than that, I was like, I, I did like that, that turn. And the way she did talks guys... to Obi-Wan is great. Yeah. Did you guys see um, the leaked photos of this show of her? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. Oh, okay. I knew she so... was in it. I knew she. I knew. I had seen things. She was in it, and I have a tendency to just look look at her as a bad guy just because a Battlestar fan. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I just assume she's playing the the bad guy. Yeah, and I I felt the exact same way as soon as I knew that she was in it. That was the connections I drew. And then they had those leaked photos of her in Imperial uniform. And so then I think that's when everybody started getting excited because they're like, like either Imperial officers are going to go to Tatooine or maybe Obi-Wan is going to leave Tatooine somehow. And so I think that's where I, there is a lot of like people getting excited about that. And so when I seen those pictures, she was just like, walking firm look on her face and everything like that and i was like oh man she's gonna be a great like imperial officer maybe like you know in charge of an area or um mm -hmm. a, a certain situation or something like that so when i saw her i was like oh man you know like they're really gonna get maybe like you know they're gonna try to get like arrested and they're gonna have to escape somehow or you yep. know something along those lines i did not expect you know her to you know turn coat right there that was amazing and I like I like that it, that she's not she wasn't like hiding or just you know faking being an imperial officer. She actually is an imperial officer. Yeah, yeah. And she talked about joining up when she thought the empire was doing good, and then by the time she learned what it really was about, it was too late. So now she spends her ability as an officer to help these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so far she's been a great character. Yeah. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get a taller show. Yeah, let's. We see these little moments <laughs> pre, of pre her. What's she doing with Quinlan Voss? Yeah, and let's get that show. <laughs> yeah, because well, the first thing I think of of like wanting to know more is she says, 
I figured it out too late, which to me means she did something bad. Mm -hmm. She did something she regrets. <clears throat> yeah, she she, she hurt someone, and she 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 gave orders that weren't actually there to help people, it, and it probably ended up killing a bunch of people or something. And and then mm -hmm. you know she can't couldn't go back from that. Exactly, yeah. and that that and that just those a few sentences right there just build an excellent character. And yeah. thing I say. Hey, you want to see this? But I feel like this is exactly the kind of show we're about to get in the Andor sh series. We're going to yeah. get... I mean, he's basically the same, except he's a rebel. <clears throat> a rebel. So it's just kind mm -hmm. of backwards, but it's all—it's not necessarily much different. Yeah, and what maybe... If, what if by the, time, by the time the Andor series rolls around, because it's obviously years later than this, so she could be... have been found out by the empire and had to run and then just officially be part of the alliance that she could be helping and or on missions come on i wouldn't be against that yeah that would be <laughs> awesome and i was thinking also uh jedi survivor so mm -hmm. we have now a possibility of and we'll get into this a little bit later um but i'll already drop his name but we have quinlan Voss. so there's already been like hints that possibly Quinlan Boss is in the teaser of Jedi Survivor in the back to tank. So now we have Tala who knows Quinlan. So could that also, could she end up being a cameo in Jedi Survivor? She says, she says that he helps, uh, younglings escape which means mm -hmm. to me that he's been there more than once yeah multiple she, occasions yeah she's met him and helped him do this multiple times mm -hmm. and that's where i think that that was one of the moments you can kind of see on obi-wan's face where he kind of realizes yeah i've been sitting in a cave here and i i I, I don't know. I haven't been doing enough. I kind of maybe regret mm -hmm. just sitting in this cave a little bit mm -hmm. because well, I see Quinlan doing the work. And yeah, that. She talks about. Go ahead. Sorry. Go... Okay. Well, I was just saying that he he's realizing that there's other people out there because before, especially at the beginning of this episode, he thinks he's alone. He he mm -hmm. thinks. He is all alone. He's the only Jedi left, maybe besides Yoda, and he knows that Yoda's hiding on Dagobah, and that's about it. And he doesn't think there's good people because he thinks good people have been ran over by the Empire. Mm -hmm. And the Jedi are the Jedi lost. The Jedi are over. And are so no more Jedi. And so you see him kind of building this back up when he when he reads Quinlan's name and she tells him the story, and then she says. I can't imagine Obi-Wan doing anything bad. You kind of get this. You can see it on his face of like, what have I been doing? I haven't been helping like I should. I haven't been facing. And so, and then I think because of that, he almost makes a dumb move instead of just like running. He should have said, nope, that's Vader. That's not Anakin. Let's get out of here. <laughs> instead, but he tries to lead him off, which is not necessarily the right choice i think i think he does it almost a little bit out of guilt because or yeah out of guilt because he is kind of sad and disappointed on himself that he hasn't been doing more but he's in no condition to face vader mm -hmm. 
Vader just destroys him. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah, I think we should jump. Yeah, uh, I, I, wanted oh, to, I wanted to bring up one more thing about about uh, Tala and her safe house. Uh, she says yeah. that it's it's not the only one. They're they're on mm-hmm. systems across the galaxy, yeah. and she even brings up that some call it the path. Yeah, which I thought was a real real interesting name, and it's it's to they say it saved Jedi. And it gets them. It leads to a planet called. I'm assuming this is a planet, a system called Jabim, where they get new new identities, and then they they move on from there. And I thought that um, that just real interesting that he's learning. It's you know he thought this was amazing. Look, there's one person here, and and a safe house helping people. But no, this is this is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. also mentions that he's not the first Jedi to come through here. And we, we know that... And I don't think she's talking Quinlan. about Quinlan when she no, says yeah. that. Well, I mean, she, I think she might be including him in that, but it doesn't sound like... It does not sound like he, only one other Jedi has been here. It sounds like there's been several other Jedi that have been through here to help people. I mean, yeah. the term Jedi is both singular and plural. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I just... I don't know. I just thought it was real interesting that they, they, they called it the path, is what it's called. Yeah, I, and that's what I was going to bring up to you. Just talk a little bit more about that because I feel like since we're kind of talking about Obi-Wan and, you know, kind of his his change of perspective, his change of um, heart, if you want to call it that, in this episode when he sees what Tala's doing. Because first, you know, he sees, man, she's risking herself. She's killing, you know, like stormtroopers and stuff, you know, all, you know, in you know, in the hope to save and protect Jedi and force sensitive people. Right. But then when she starts describing what she's doing, like you said, it isn't just a one-off thing. She isn't just like, Oh, right now I just had a change of heart and I want to help just you. But then his eyes are even open wider when he realizes, you know, yeah, there's not just a few there, you know, of Jedi and they're all hiding or whatever, but there is people, you know, both Jedi force sensitive and not that are helping, you know, he got a glimpse of that before with the guy that was pretending to be a Jedi, but he's starting to see that there's pockets around that, you know, they do have that spark of wanting to do the right thing, wanting to help and, and protect. And they know that the empire is not right. It's, you know, that they're, you know, it's not just there to help. Right. And I, I kind of feel like this is a good, um, there's like a good correlation with, you know, like the underground railroad. Right. Um, during that time, there's a lot of people that helped on that, uh, that were, you know, working for the other side, or, you know, they, um, they are, were like children of slave owners, right? So they still hung around the same people, the same crowds, went to parties with people who were for slavery. However, you know, they, you know, they knew it was wrong, but they continued to have relations with people that were slave owners, so that they could help so that they could help get people up north into safety. And I feel like this is a very similar thing like Tala. So she feels that the best way that she can help is to continue to be, you know, undercover now, where she's still going to have to do quote unquote bad things and still technically helping the empire, but she can do more good doing that, you know, than than to leave or desert, right? And so I feel like in this situation, it's also helping Obi-Wan to see that as well you know, maybe he doesn't have to do all these grandiose things, pulling out his lightsaber at any moment, but he still can be um, what, you know, 
he can secretly still be doing good. He doesn't just have to be sitting mm -hmm. in his cave. You know, he can still do good and not be so showy about it. Oh, I like that. And I just kind of wanted to bring out uh, what Brennan said about tying into skeleton, a skeleton crew. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. At first, I didn't draw the connections that maybe he did. But after mm -hmm. realizing, I think it's it's about so some someone and a group of kids that get stranded, right? So something like that. That was the synopsis. Mm -hmm. But the only person that's a chat, the only information other than that, I think, is that Jude Law is in it. And so is Jude Law going to be Quinlan? If that really did tie into it. Possible. He, he, I, he does kind of have that that quirkiness to him. He, I could see him, mm -hmm. especially if he's that role a little especially bit. because I think that quirkiness could be there. But I'm almost willing to bet you that Quinlan's quirkiness is a little bit toned down now. Oh yeah, he's yeah. definitely had to mature. And well, mm -hmm. not just that, but just age itself. Yeah, it's you know it's it's ten years later. He's gonna be older. He's the same age as Obi Wan. He's going to mm -hmm. be 40, almost 50. He might, yeah, he might be close to 50. Yeah, so I feel like he might, it's an interesting point. The, the quirkiness, I feel I like think it could at, work. at that point, is probably probably there in his words, but less so in his actions. His actions would be more serious and more thought out. Yeah. yeah. Well, even, even Yoda was quirky at first when you first meet him. He's just the weird old... <laughs> Yeah, his, his laugh. I love his laugh. <laughs> but yeah, that was an interesting well, point. I thought uh, that was a good that was a good uh, point there, Brennan. Mm -hmm. Um. So, oh yeah, so another thing you you put in your notes that Leia wants to learn how to shoot. Mm -hmm. And she's like, "Can I? Can you teach me how to shoot?" She's like, mm -hmm. oh, she'll be a great warrior someday, or a great fighter. Yeah. He's like, I do think you're all right. <laughs> mm -hmm. He just, he just knows it's so, it's so interesting just in the fact that because he knows his, his their parents so well and how much there's in them, that he can see who they are becoming, or especially Leia, and. I think that that moment is kind of interesting because he refused to go. He didn't know anything about her really before the show started because he flat out told Bill no that he wasn't going to go and and go retrieve her. Yeah, he he told him no, and Bill had to go into his cave, go find him mm -hmm. in his cave in Tatooine, and tell him no. You you know how important she is. You need to go find her. I think mm -hmm. he, I think Obi Wan is seeing how important she is. Yeah, he he's realizing that. Well, I think Bale's right. She is just as important. When you hear her talk, the way she talks, she is just as important as as anyone, really. Yeah. So then, after all that, we get the. Truly terrifying moments. Yeah. I, I think like when you're inside and they're like in the, the conference room, right? 
all the inquisitors did you guys see that like people were like you know zooming up on their displays that there's like a bunch of lightsabers and possibly like the the little pad wands helmets did you guys see that no Mm-mm. oh man i must have missed you... that oh goodness oh man oh you gotta you guys gotta look that up um but so when they're all in the conference room and they're kind of talking in the background there's you know it's like a red kind of velvet like all the way around the room and there's like lightsabers laying on it and then in between there's a couple um cylindrical you know or not cylindrical like you know circular objects that appear to be the same little training helmets that the padawans would wear and so people are saying like thinking that that's like you know they kept those from their attack on the temple Hmm, interesting well what if it was just the opposite they kept those to use for their little sith inquisitors that they're making (laughs) <laughs> little Sith Inquisitors, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, here's my other thing about it that I thought was interesting. I was like, you know, that definitely could be a possibility. It could be a possibility that the Inquisitors were keeping these sorts of mementos, I guess you could say. It could possibly be that Vader is keeping these sorts of mementos there. Or it could also um, uh, possibly be that they were you know, others maybe that had fallen and it's there, you know, kind of like as a warning symbol, you know, or whatever. But because the one thing that I thought was interesting is that, you know, if you go to like, you know, the comics and things like that, they, when they had all, when they got all those lightsabers, they were melting them, right? They were destroying those lightsabers. Mm -hmm. They weren't keeping them as mementos uh, per se. So, but I was like, then on the other hand, we also have, um, we don't know anyone that that collects lightsabers, do we? Well, Dooku (laughs) does. No, I was making a a grievous joke. (laughs) Yeah. So grievous (laughs) definitely does. But those, I feel like, you know, maybe could have been lost in that, that whole battle scene, you know, but the, but Dooku's that he had, you know, were just basically, Hmm. you know, they're on Sereno. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're just like sitting there like Jedi's lightsabers. But yeah, I I don't know. Have you guys pulled up that picture yet? I I was looking for it. I couldn't really find anything. Oh man. But yeah, so I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting and it's definitely maybe it's not I'll have to in rewatch your, it. It's not like in your face, but definitely, yeah, when you you pause it or you know, freeze frame it or whatever, you can definitely tell it's lightsabers just all around the room. So they're definitely and, not the Inquisitors. W- which scene is that? Oh, I, I think like, I've, I've seen it. They're, like yeah, they're the, very small, but they're like relics. Yeah. So it's when they're in the conference room and Reva comes and then... Okay, up up in the red? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I see that. See so, so that kind of reminds me because uh, Kylo Ren would collect like the ashes of the people he killed and that was where he kept yeah. his helmet. That's true. And so it's it's not I can I could see that 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 kind of fits with the lore of and it also, you know, it fits with history. You take something mm-hmm. as a trophy of yeah. of those you've killed. Mm-hmm. I wonder if those are lightsabers that the inquisitors themselves have killed or are those Vader's prizes. Yeah, that's what I was I wondering feel like if, if they were if, 
if they were Vader's prize, they wouldn't be in they'd be in Vader's castle, not on the uh, um, yeah. What's the, the name of their their base? Inquisitorious. That's 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 what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that's like it, true. It's got to be theirs. Yeah. Otherwise, so... why would why would it be there? And how cool is their is their fortress, man? When you first see it, when you're flying up to it. I know. So well, so if that's the case, and they are the Inquisitors, then it would have to. I can't really see it then being Padwans lightsabers because they weren't there. You yeah, because the Inquisitors mm-hmm. weren't really a thing yet. Mm-hmm. So when they killed, it kind of goes back to not knowing what those the round objects are, and it's then it's maybe just other lightsabers of the Jedi's that they had killed. Mm-hmm. But. So yeah. So, well, okay, we're kind of at the point where Vader's coming, and yeah. one, yeah, when o- when Obi Wan senses Vader's presence, he he's so overwhelmed. It's it's not like oh I know I I sense that guy he's he's overwhelmed he's almost has as, as bigger reaction as he does in a New Hope when he senses Alderaan has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then Vader comes out and he's just taunting Obi Wan. He's yeah. taunting Obi Wan's conscience. Mm-hmm. to need to save people because he knows that's so wrong. And and Vader just doesn't care that he's just killing random people. Mm-hmm. To him, mm-hmm. all they are is objects to torture Obi-Wan's soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think we need to jump back just one step and we continue to do this, but did you guys think that Vader was going to walk out at that moment? Did you guys already know that? <clears throat> what do you mean walk out? Like, yeah, I, or like, I mean, did you think he was coming to the planet? Because we have the Inquisitors all he, talking about it and stuff. And, you know, we haven't even seen the Inquisitors, like, basically, you know, try to take on Obi-Wan. So... I didn't necessarily expect it in episode three already. Yeah. But then when I think about it, at that point we're in the episode, done. we're practically <laughs> right in the middle of of the sh- the show. So. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of fit, and yeah, and this wasn't necessarily. I wasn't. I did expect to see Vader, especially because we saw him early in the episode. I did mm-hmm. expect him to be on the planet. I didn't expect him to have any actual contact in this yeah. episode. Yeah, I, I kind of expected Obi-Wan to to run away from him before in this episode, I and mean, we wouldn't get to see them fight, but mm-hmm. obviously I was wrong. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I think, you know, another interesting thing, because, yeah, I, I think when I first saw him, I was like, what? You know, like, because I was kind of, you know, like you said, it's halfway through, but I kind of had was thinking that Obi-Wan was going to encounter an Inquisitor and perhaps even, you know, kill an Inquisitor. And then that kind of get... Because Vader was Vader is usually, you know, the type to just say, 
you guys go do this. You guys go do this. You know, he's like a delegator. He doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to get his hands dirty at this point, you know, unless he absolutely has to, you know? So, I mean, one, it kind of shows, you know, that he's like, this is obviously something that I need to get done myself or whatever, you know, but yeah, when I first saw that, I was definitely shocked. And then I thought the same thing as Quentin because they were on the verge of escaping. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, we're so close to seeing this, but it's going to be like a passing type thing. But then like what Tyler said, we basically got like a Dragon Ball Z situation. Like Obi-Wan was like, his power is over 9000. You know, like he's just like can sense his power, you know, as you know, just like Sidious, you know, mm-hmm. he can sense Vader's power. And it's like, whoa, you know, this is a lot of power and it feels good because I control it. Right. Now, Obi-Wan's like, whoa, this is a lot of power and I cannot control it, you know? But yeah. I, I, yeah. <clears throat> well, like you're saying, I, I feel like yes to the, the delegating to the Inquisitors. And he did that to the point of, you know, he's not going to follow rumors around the, around the galaxy to get Obi-Wan. But if he's got confirmation that he's there, this is personal for him. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't want somebody else in this fight. Mm-hmm. And he does. He doesn't even want Obi Wan killed. You know, he wants to. He Torture wants him. to capture Obi Wan. Yeah, and and like you said, you thought we might see you know Obi Wan battle the Inquisitors, and and that's kind of what I thought. You know, before I watched any other show, that's kind of what I thought might happen. But at the same time, Obi Wan is is not really a killer, right? So, I feel like most of, mostly he would have wanted to defeat his enemies without killing them. Tell that to but, all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I, that was that was that was almost a a saving a, a nice thing to do tomorrow. What about poor Grievous? Grievous was just poor living Grievous. his robotic life. No, he wasn't. He was, he was slaughtering the leader every of this. single Jedi he came across, and he was the leader of the Separatist army. But mm-hmm. but to to get back to it, it is the uh, I totally thought that yeah they ne- weren't necessarily going to meet up. Yeah, and. I, I did think that Obi-Wan would fight the Inquisitors to a point, and I thought he would be far more powerful than them, mm-hmm. and that the Inquisitors wouldn't be able to handle Obi-Wan, and that's why Vader would come. But this is yeah. this is so much more interesting because it's a personal re- it's revenge. That's that's all that's all Vader wants. He wants to make Obi-Wan suffer. He wants he drug him into the fire and he was trying to literally scar him the same way that he had been mm-hmm. and and all he and i i like this point cuz you could be like well why didn't he chase after him because he's not done cha- he's not done torturing him mm-hmm. he's not he's not he he wants to make him feel pain, and in fact, letting him escape almost more helps Vader in finding others that he could to to potentially torture, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. just to get at Obi Wan. Yeah. Do you and guys well, no. have? Oh, go ahead, Quentin. Go, no, go ahead, just say. Oh, I was just gonna say, did you guys get kind of like? you know horror movie vibes when you're oh, yeah. yes. like because it was totally like anytime you Vader know, was there yeah like and Vader's really good at this as well like he doesn't run he walks 
and like and that's like any good horror movie you have someone running through the woods or whatever you know and the killer's just walking you know even you know he doesn't gonna run i'm gonna catch you eventually you know and he does you know and i i just i i got those feelings like and you could tell that obi-wan's legit scared you know oh of, yeah of the just him you know running and from he, him he's just running and you know vader's just walking and he's like i'm gonna catch you <clears throat> you know and like i was just like oh man like just all that anticipation all the way up to it and you know tyler kind of mentioned it but you know when he's first like walking through the village i mean it kind of it get it throws you back a little bit to the beginning when obi-wan was hiding right when mm-hmm. the inquisitors come so and he did absolutely zero he did nothing you know those inquisitors could have killed that whole town and he wouldn't have done anything right so now maybe after everything he's seen and what he's seen with tala and stuff like that he finally has a little bit of you know the you know whether it's guilt or whatever it is to do something and that's why he's like i'm gonna you know and well, i'm gonna put myself in danger basically to save leia right well he also i think feels that not only that guilt of the, the inquisitors are one thing but him knowing that it's vader and him kind of thinking well this is all my fault so i need to go out there and take care of it or or at least yeah. lead them away from him yeah because because really true. the inquisitors might be after leia but the whole point the whole point was to get to obi-wan that was the entire point of him them taking leia that's the entire that's the only reason vader's there if it was any other jedi they would just unless the inquisitors couldn't kill them vader wouldn't be on this planet oh so so you think that the kidnapping of leia was vader's idea i thought reva was doing it behind his back i think i think she was but she was doing it to suck up to vader so that she could get the grand inquisitor spy so yeah uh, yeah i think so too but yeah i i yeah, but once I she found him thought that but once she found him now now uh vader wants to kill him wants to torture him so now it's personal now that he knows where he is he's like you said he's not going to chase him across the galaxy and just any lead he finds whatever no that's for them to do if yeah. he's got confirmation he's there it's and they're not allowed to touch him either yeah mm-hmm. uh, because even reva starts to move and uh fifth as uh, a fifth brother he said he said just to sweep the town you're so, not allowed you're not allowed to engage yeah do, yeah, not, do engage. not engage so right. it means you're not allowed to touch obi-wan this is my job mm-hmm. and so it's personal yeah and yeah just as he went through the town i you know it definitely shows it as should be I mean, he's walking through these people like they're nothing, like they're, you know, puppets, right? But, like, what kind of blew my mind is as soon as they do engage, Vader's treating him the same way, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. going to jump back a little bit to some different things. So, famous line in Star Wars, he's too dangerous to be left alive. We've heard these words, right? Mm-hmm. And so then that's why you killed that person. Vader doesn't kill Obi-Wan because he's not dangerous to him. He's nothing. He doesn't Mm -hmm. kill Palpatine either because he's not dangerous. Vader thinks that he can overthrow Palpatine at any time. So that's why he doesn't engage him or fight him. You know, like he doesn't kill him Mm -hmm. because he's like, he's, he's not dangerous to me. 
I'm going to use him as long as I need to, and I'll kill him when I want to. And I feel like it's a similar mindset when he engaged Obi-Wan. Like, he's like, he's not even fighting that hard. You know, he's just he's using he's one him. hand. He's, yeah, he's using one hand battling him because he's nothing. And Which, he's, he's sure he's proving to him. I am better. Look at all this power. I told you that I could get. I now have it. And look at you're you're weak. You're nothing to me. I don't need to kill you. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, run off if you want to. But, you know, like, I'm not like, afraid of you anymore. I like the symbolism is there that he uses only one hand on the lightsaber because it's the same it's the same way he treats Luke in Empire Strikes Back when Luke mm-hmm. has never fought anyone with a lightsaber ever before. Yeah. He's 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 got this arrogance, but it's also backed up. Yeah. And so he, he's basically showing, yeah, look at how much how weak you've become and how much better I am. And kind mm-hmm. of to your point, like all this power that I told you I could get, I have it now, and you have none. I'm going to make you mm-hmm. suffer for it. And mm-hmm. one of the first moments where he sees them when they're out in the, uh, uh, out in the dust piles in the gravel pits or whatever, mm-hmm. when, when Obi-Wan first sees him, he looks at him, he asks him what, what you have become. And then he runs mm-hmm. away. <laughs> he didn't try to fight him. He just straight yeah. up ran away. <laughs> and it's well, what, was, what an emotional scene that was when when obi-wan says what have you become and then vader's response was um what i am what you made me yes which points out to his his entire revenge this is all that he wants Mm -hmm. he's not thinking Mm -hmm. i was manipulated by the emperor you know i was taken advantage of by everyone i lost my wife he just wants pure revenge and he blames obi-wan for everything Mm -hmm. yep yep and i i love that too because in throughout the end of this episode i just it kept getting flashbacks to like mustafar and i kept like seeing like that last scene where anakin was had that very last shred possibility of hope with padme there his pregnant wife standing there you know Mm-hmm. And there was there was like a moment, and maybe it's just me, but there's like the moment I felt like he could have made that right choice until Obi-Wan walks out. <clears throat> and then it just reminds him. He gets that blind rage once again, you know, and it kind of throws him back into it. And then we have the memes, you know, because of Obi-Wan. But it's true. <laughs> yeah. like that, that is what he thinks. He thinks, I could have had everything but Obi-Wan. You know, I could yeah. have, this and this could have happened, but Obi-Wan. And so I feel like, you know, this is the, you know, finally the moment that after everything that happened, he left him for dead. He comes back. Right. And he can tell him, you see what happened to me? This was because of you. You pushed me to this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether right or wrong. That's the way that Vader feels is he was pushed to this moment. He was pushed to, you know, this, you know this horrible body now half mechanical half human body this you know basically this killer he was forced to it because of obi-wan and that's kind of what uh brennan says yeah total uh lack of accountability for anakin and or or yeah blaming everyone for their problems and and that kind of that's what happens to you when you're in that kind of anger and that state Mm -hmm. and when you can't control your emotions 
and you let you basically just let them your emotions control you and he's in this like you said uh blaming obi-wan for his problems you can't when when you're that angry you can't see anything else yeah and uh uh i think yoda says it to luke when when you're at peace you will know the the right because basically how do we know the difference between the light and the dark side and uh yoda says when you are calm at peace Mm-hmm. And so that's all that Vader knows is the dark side at this point. Mm-hmm. He, he's just consumed by the, his anger and his rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like when we see him on Revenge of the Sith towards the end of the movie, you know, he's having like flashes of becoming a Sith, like giving himself 100% to the dark side. We're seeing flashes of that but he's mostly in like, and now we're finally seeing the opposite. He is Mm -hmm. full on Vader, you know? And like, maybe there's possibly, you know, flashes that he's going to get throughout his life and up until, you know, the end, you know, but right now it's like, you can totally see this is hundred percent. He's given himself to the dark side and the dark side is doing as it will with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, he's just a tool of the dark side and of the Emperor at this point. Mm-hmm. How terrifying was it when Vader picked up uh, Obi-Wan and just held <laughs> him there by the Force? Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan drops his lightsaber. If Vader wanted to, he could have just pulled him right onto his own lightsaber and killed him mm-hmm. right there. But no, mm-hmm. he wanted the he wanted his, him to feel pain. The same pain that he felt. He, he drug him into him the fire. fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wanted him to burn. <clears throat> and is this why why Obi-Wan looks like he aged 60 years in the 20 years that he supposedly spent on Tatooine? I don't know. <laughs> that could be a, you know, he could be when he comes out of the back of the tank, his skin is all wrinkly and, you know, yeah. he's, he's he's healthier, but he's, he's all, he looks like he's aged 20 years because of the fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was unreal. I mean, even just seeing them, you know, that battle, you could definitely see, you know, Obi-Wan was just running scared, no skill, no tactics. And Vader was just, you know, continually pressing him, walking forward, not a care in the world, not one ounce of fear. It was just he was doing all, you know, he was giving mm-hmm. the fear at like 100%. And so, yeah, when you got to that moment and he lights the fire and everything, he's just holding him there. Like, yeah, he was just, it totally just showed. I mean, like Vader has an immense amount of power, you know, and Obi-Wan at this moment is just at his mercy, 100%. And I think that's kind of the eye-opening thing. I don't, I think Obi-Wan, he's been away and he hasn't been doing anything. He's all, he's had that awakening, but I also Mm -hmm. think that this was a, I haven't been, keeping in touch with the force. I haven't been relying on the force. Yeah. And and he hasn't been using it like he used to. And he's just not as strong as he used to be at this point. And I think that's where he's realizing that he needs to, you know, start bulking up on force points. <laughs> <laughs> More meditation. 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot more. So then uh, Tala saves him. And then the droid, the droid that can't speak, that's reprogrammed, that doesn't do anything, is just there to save him. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. droid saving Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Man, I, I love that. Just to yeah, touch on that for a brief moment. I love that when it like it pans out and shows he had that hammer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Those to defend. Yeah. Oh man. I was like, that is amazing. You know, like because they, you know, they definitely made it a point to be like, oh yeah, it's a droid, it doesn't talk, doesn't do anything. But then it shows you, you know, it it understands. It understands the situation. It understands what it's doing. You know, it knows that it's it is helping the path. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, and and like and Leia was talking to it, and she like I don't care if he friendly. can't speak. I can. I know. She basically was saying, "I understand what he's saying, even if he can't speak." Mm-hmm. Well, because no, because because Tala said that he, he he's just a loader. He doesn't speak. And then Leia goes, "Well, what if he has something to say?" Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Tala says, "Actions speak louder than words." Mm-hmm. And and he was ready to show his actions. Yeah, didn't have to. Luckily for them, but mm-hmm. yeah, luckily for them, he's a loader <laughs> droid. He looks like he could uh, pack a punch. Oh man, he <laughs> would wreck him with that hammer. With that hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But an interesting thing I I noticed is that Tala, when when they rescue Obi Wan, she says you need to get the transport and you take him to Jabim, which mm-hmm. is where all the other Jedi go, or all the where in this this uh, network the path. The Jedi go to Jabim to get a new identity and to help be hidden. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be it'll be really interesting. For, I'm hoping in the next episode we get to see more down this path. Yeah, but it, and this episode also ends in in a very cliffhanger. Like even there's not a lot to end in this kind of cliffhanger. But <clears throat> Reva takes Leia, mm-hmm. and what's yeah what's gonna happen there i'm thinking like is is vader going to get to meet 10 year old leia yeah that so yeah yeah i don't know if i, 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 I don't know is, if I'm a, i i want to see that really I, yeah to be honest i i feel like it just it can't happen like i just yeah. i can't see it being a possibility so that being the case i feel like we know reva wants you know, basically to, you know, get in the good graces of Vader, right? So mm-hmm. now she has this child that still there's the connection to Obi-Wan, right? So, the, you know, as long as she's alive, Obi-Wan's still going to try to get her. So he, she still has the ability to, you know, lure, to draw, him, out. lure him out or whatever. So I was thinking maybe if she has been doing this behind Vader's back, she doesn't give her ace in the hole away to anyone yet. So she keeps her somewhere. And then, you know, Vader says, oh, we lost Obi-Wan. And she's like, oh, perfect. So then she's going to once again try to lure out Obi-Wan to a certain place. I like that. That that sounds better than... Yeah. Yeah, I just, man, I I can't imagine him seeing Leia. there's There's only one line that I could think of that would just somewhat make that okay mm-hmm. is in a new hope he says 
that she's a she says I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. And he says, You're a liar. You're part of the Rebel Alliance. And I know, yes, he could know the ship just escaped Rogue One. But I feel like at some point he would know that she is part, even if she doesn't know that she's his daughter, but that she's part of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Possible. That's the, that's the only line I can think of that would be like, okay, I could see where maybe he knew uh, who she was at least prior. Mm -hmm. So I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I'm excited for yeah. where we go. I definitely think we're going to get some... I know we're getting some more of that, but I'm also... I won't be surprised if we see Obi-Wan on some kind of a little spiritual journey to reclaiming mm -hmm. his mm -hmm. connection to the force. That's kind of, that's kind of where I expect it to go. What mm -hmm. do you guys think? Well, yeah, I definitely want to see, you know, episode three, Obi-Wan again. And I'm kind of thinking he's going to need, he's going to need some healing, right? He's probably going to pop in a back to tank for a bit. And maybe <laughs> while he's in there, does some meditating and, and works on his connection with the force. And maybe even in this, this, you know, half dead state that he might be in for being choked and burned and possibly even somewhat crushed by Vader's force that maybe when he's, when he's, when he's near death here, he could possibly make that connection with Qui-Gon Jinn that he's been missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's there's so many different ways. Now everybody's still on the planet, you know. So there's lots of different ways this could kind of go, you know. Is yeah, he might not make it. He might not make it to the ship. They right. could. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we we stay on this planet or if you know Obi Wan's unconscious and Tala gets him in a ship to Javim. You know, and they go there and he wakes up, yeah, in a back to tank or whatever. And then he's like, where's Leia? And it's, you know, a searching for her episode again. Or if it's a Reva reaches out to him immediately type thing and he wants to go. Mm -hmm. And maybe um, whoever is there, force sensitive or not, at this welcome center for force sensitive people is the one that says, hey, 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 you know, you almost died. You were when you came to me, you were on the thinnest thread, and it was only through the force, you know, or whatever that you mm -hmm. survived. Like, it you were in no shape to go get her to save anyone, and definitely not to face Vader. And maybe that's where you get your, your spiritual journey type thing where he needs to prepare before he does that again. Wouldn't it be just like George's poetry where it rhymes? of seeing obi-wan in the back to tank while vader's out there searching for him wrecking people and and he's <clears throat> in the back to tank burned mm -hmm. up and and hurting and mm -hmm. that would that is almost it just show it shows you the light in the dark that's what this what really this episode is showing you it's like the pure evil and the pure light and what mm -hmm. what 
Obi-Wan and Vader are. And and I kind of hope that is expanded on a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see, you know, how they leave the planet um, and kind of which ways they go about it. Reva and Leia are obviously the biggest wild card, you know, kind of like what they end up doing, um, where mm-hmm. they end up going if he's hi- if she's like hiding her away or or whatnot. The conversations between them, I imagine, are going to be humorous, <laughs> you know, yeah, because in sure. a way, I feel like, you know, Leia is, you know, wise way far beyond her years and Reva didn't have a chance, you know, to really grow up before she was, you know thrown into you know jedi training and then into the exact opposite of like basically being an assassin for hire so i mean Mm -hmm. she kind of just has a really crazy life so i feel like the the comparisons of like upbringing even though reva's obviously much older Mm -hmm. you know like i feel like that's going to be kind of a humorous exchange where you know leia's more wise than reva is (laughs) i like I like that point, yeah, because she's been kind of thrown in the middle of it. She ordered 66 when she was young and then probably tortured into becoming a, an Inquisitor. Yeah. And so, yeah, her life has not been good, probably. Mm-hmm. And I know I know, we're trying to, uh, we're going to start wrapping this up here shortly. And I just kind of wanted to say one thing of like, guys, if you watch Star Wars, don't hate on the actors. We saw what happened to uh, Jake Lloyd and Ahmed Best, and you know we just we just don't need to be sending hateful messages. If you don't like a character, you don't like a character. That's fine, but th- you know everyone's just trying to do entertainment, and that, they're just trying to do their job. You, people don't need to be taking hate just to just because you didn't like their character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you you can choose not to like their character or you can choose not to like the show. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with not liking something about a, a piece of entertainment. But hating on people is, yeah, we just shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I think to kind of go along with that, anybody who's watched any of our previous episodes and moving forward, um, we try to focus on the good things. We love Star mm-hmm. Wars and we we're actively looking for the good things. Are we going to shy away from saying when something is wrong or we feel that it could have been directed in a different way? No, but we're always going to do it in a positive way. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we're going to be as positive as we possibly can, because that's what we want people to come away from our show, being uplifted and loving Star Wars even more. We definitely don't want anyone to come away from our show and hating Star Wars for one reason or another. Um, So, yeah, definitely. That's that's what our show is about is um, our love for Star Wars and sharing it with all of you, um, all of our audience, all of our guests, everyone in our Discord server. Um, we're just sharing our, our love for Star Wars and the different things that we can piece out of it to apply to our own life, find different mm-hmm. life lessons that that we can find, um, find little jewels that maybe people missed. Um, but yeah, like you you said it well. Um, we, we aren't going to ever sit here on here and uh, put throw a bunch of hate or shade towards a certain actor or, you know, their performance or anything like that, um, because that's just not the type of show that we are. Yeah, I like, uh, I know there was a group of people that I watched, and they had a show for a little bit, and but their slogan was, find the good, and that's pretty much how I try, uh, to try to treat 
any of my entertainment, whether it's Star Wars or anything, you know, you can always find what you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, we've got our Twitter handles. You can follow us at uh, Mostly Star Wars on Twitter. And uh, the rest of us are. The links are in the description to follow us individually. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can. And, and also, hey, uh, join the Discord. We've got a Discord there to discuss all things Star Wars. Uh, you can also ask us some questions uh, that will be answered on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you ever want to be a guest um, on the show, definitely reach out to one of us, um, either on any of our, our Twitters, um, on the Mostly Star Wars Twitter, or in the Discord as well. You can DM any of us on there um, if you want to be on a show, because we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear um, your side of the Star Wars story and how it's affected your life. Um, we love to do that. So, um, yeah. Anything else you want to add, Quentin? He seemed to disappear. Yeah, we can still hear you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs>